Hey them guys, my name is Julian Samo, again Julix, and you're listening to the best podcast in the entire world, the Hermo Book Club Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to the Hellboy Book Club. My Hi. name is John Salinas and I'm here with Aubrey Loveless. And I'm Danielle. <laughs> All right. Hey, everybody. It's Hellboy time. It sure is. We're going to read some Hellboy comics. We are. This is our book club podcast. We're reading comics. We're reading all the Hellboy comics, all the different series titles, Lobster Johnson, BPRD, Witchfinder. 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 Yes. And now Danielle's going to tell you all about it. Well, we're going to read something and you're going to read it too. And then we're, we're going to talk about it. You'll listen to us talking about it and then... You're going to talk about what we talked about when we read the story, and you're going to send us a, hey, damn guys, that's the email, or send us a message on a social media, or leave a comment, and then we're going to talk about what you talked about when you talked about us talking about what we read, and that's a book club, and that's friendship. Back to you, John. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. Awesome. Thank you, Julian Zamo, for the intro. Yeah. We got an intro from Julian Zamo on this episode. Thank so you. Thank you guys you, enjoyed Julian. that. Thanks, Thanks a lot. Julian. Keep saying those in. Yeah. I have some shouts outs for this episode. Shouts out. Yes. I want to shout out. Who Dem- are you shouting out, Demi- John? I'm shouting out Demetrius Rios. Demetrius Rios. Book club member. Yes. I talked a little bit about this last week. Demetrius, he's a he's a friend of mine. He's a little guy. He's 16 years old. He's from San Antonio. He likes comics. He likes Dragon Ball Z. Nice. And cool music. Uh, but he also has some struggles. He has disabilities. You know, that he's struggling with. He has autism and a rare chromosomal deletion syndrome, but he also has a seizure disorder, and he was recently diagnosed with SUDEP. That's upsetting. But there's something that could help him. Okay. Right? There's this thing. It's That's called good. a VNS device. It's a vagus nerve stimulator. I actually looked this up because I was like, is this a real thing? Interesting. It's a real thing, right? It's like a pacemaker or something. And they, it, For your brain. And it will attach cool. us to the vagus nerve. Okay. And then it sends impulses there that interrupt the seizures and prevent them from happening. That's good. Right? So yeah. they're trying to get this thing, but because healthcare in America is a nightmare, mm, yeah. um, it's yes. very expensive. No it's thousands of dollars. Mm. And they have a GoFundMe. They've already gotten a significant amount of the money, but we just need like a little push to get there to the end. Right. Okay. And so I'm hoping that this would maybe provide that. So I wanted to, you know, shout him out. On the episode, hopefully, if people are inclined, you can go in there. You can check out the link in the show notes and contribute if you're able. And yeah, and that and that's my shouts out. Okay, I'm gonna shout out all the people that are bringing us delicious treats at work. Oh, We're okay. bringing in whole entire pies. That's nice. And nice. like Tupperware's full of cookies and like all kinds of stuff. It's great. That's fun. I'm loving it. Okay, I'm loving it, John. <laughs> what about you? Is there people bringing stuff to your work? Goodies, chocolate covered almonds. <laughs> not, not if they are, they're not sharing it with me. Yeah. Pastries, it's incredible, John. Someone brought in a poinsettia. We mm. were like, okay. Are you supposed to eat that? No, you no, don't eat that. Not eat that. <laughs> don't eat that. That's actually poisonous. For but real. you were saying delicious treats, and then you also said some that. of them are delicious treats, and some of them are poisonous. Okay. Well, very good. I want to sh- thank you all those people as yeah, well. Yeah, thank you to all those people bringing us poisonous things and delicious treats. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> Yes, and now we're going to go on to our listener feedback. Listener feedback. Listener feedback. Yes. From the feedback. That's right. You read a story. We talk about it. You hate them guys us. 
and it's a book club. Get out, treats and floppies. We got a big old feed bag this week. Man. It's too much to Man, eat. It's a lot. I can't do it. I had to save some for leftovers. Well, and I just had all those delicious treats as well. <laughs> we got a hey damn guys from Robert Noonan. Robert Noonan. Book club member. That's right. Yes. Robert Noonan says, hey, you damn guys. Robert Noonan. So, I have a lot to talk about this week. I read Frankenstein New World and Castle Full of Blackbirds. I'm quite far into Web of Word, and I finally watched the 2019 Hellboy film. <laughs> May as well start with that. <laughs> Apologies. I didn't have the time or energy to do an audio message this week. That's that's okay. That's fine. That is fine. fine. Danielle Subbing. <laughs> I'm not sure what I was expecting, but it wasn't that. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's actually most people's uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that movie. Robert continues, I did not care for it. Ah. There were a lot of bizarre decisions. Mate, yeah. no one will argue with you on that front. And a lot of disparate parts stitched together, including characters. Alice had elements of Johan, not unlike Abe in the first film. Yeah, yeah. Nimue was combined with Hecate, and Lady Hatton with Lady Cynthia Eaton-Jones. It's also just packed to the gunwales with stuff, and none of it has any room to breathe. Yeah, you're not going to get any argument from us. From the beginning, I was really thrown by the tone. I wasn't a fan of this version of Broom, and there were times when I wanted to punch this version of Hellboy. (laughs) (laughs) Or at the very least, tell him to grow up. I should add, though, I like David Harbour as an actor, and I don't think it's his fault. Yeah, it's not. It's not. I totally agree. Mia Jovich was probably my favorite part of the film. I feel like, yeah, Yeah. I feel like we can agree on all of this. Absolutely. I also liked seeing the Baba Yaga's chicken leg house. I agree with your assessment, though. With the Baba Yaga herself, they were trying a bit too hard. Mm. As you said, it feels very much like a film made by committee. Yeah, really did. Yeah, I think you're right on the money with all those comments. Yeah. Frankenstein New World was fun, and it's rather fitting that Thomas Snigoski, Snigoski mm-hmm. co-wrote BPRD Hollow Earth. Merck, in some ways, seemed quite vampire-like, and I'm wondering about the significance of the dark spot where he was born. I'm not sure where it is. There are a lot of bodies beneath, but that could apply to lots of places. In last month's feedback, slightly embarrassing, I incorrectly guessed which one of you would be reading it. I said there might be a connection between Hecate and the Ogjujahad. It turns out, I completely missed the obvious. Hecate was born out of the shadow of the moon. The island implies this was also what gave life to the Ogjujahad. In the abyss of time, the cold people's priest says, Black Hecata and her brothers, the Ogjujahad. And yes... Mm. On this basis, they are indeed siblings, in a sense. As for Merck, we see several panels where he appears with a crescent moon behind him. I don't think it's a coincidence. Oh, wow. I didn't even notice that. Good job. Hecate was the first vampire. In a lot of uh, continuities, that's um, Lilith, is it not? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's neat. I love it. She drank only blood, and after being cursed by Thoth, could no longer stand the light of day. Hmm. That's mm-hmm. a vampire. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Merck might well be another brother of hers. It's interesting to imagine how different the new world potentially could have been. According to several characters, Hecate included, Ragnarok was always going to happen. However, 
that doesn't necessarily mean it was always going to happen the same way. Mm. Okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do think Hellboy and the BPRD managed not only to delay it, but also fundamentally alter the details. For example, if not for Liz and Abe, we would have had frog monsters instead of frog people. The human race might potentially have been wiped out before going underground. Hellboy might have used the right hand of doom. Who knows? It's amazing how much is foreshadowed very early in the series. In Wake the Devil, Hecate says to Hellboy, Accept the truth of your existence or be destroyed. You cannot escape your destiny. It's easy to dismiss this at the time, but we know what happens at the end of Storm and the Fury. In the Conqueror of Worm epilogue, she says to Rasputin, When your Ragnarok comes, he and I will pass into it together. Either we will rule over the new world that is to come, or we will die. I don't know. I can't see that far. Oh, wow. That's awesome. We know that the latter ends up happening, and yes, I do think she died as well. The sun was behind her. There were no more vampires left. So all that remained of her would be herself. Hecate doesn't think the events leading up to Ragnarok can be changed, doesn't see any point in trying or even succeeding, and constantly pesters Hellboy about it. If you compare the future Liz sees in King of Fear to the final issue of The Devil You Know, a few things are different. The photo of Panya being one example. All this to say, it wasn't all for nothing. I like that. It's wow, that's, yeah, great. that's great. Amazing assessment. <laughs> I love that. water here. By the way... I assume you know about the cancelled series Frankenstein Undone? What? Yes. Okay. Two issues were released. They're not considered canon, because again, cancelled. But they are available on Dark Horse Digital, so I might grab them. If just to see what might have been. I'll also include a link to the wiki page if you want to see the covers for the unreleased issues in the trade paperback. There are a couple of Manula ones in there. Benson Beck was the artist for the series itself. Now, Castle Full of Blackbirds was very interesting. Sorry, Danielle, the blackbirds were metaphorical. <laughs> I know, it's a shame. Going into it, I was a little concerned by the fact that this was Angela Slatter's first time writing a comic, but I was pleasantly surprised by it. First, though, a few things I forgot to include this time. As I said before, Hellboy shot out the Baba Yaga's eyes three years before. She wouldn't have made a good first impression. Sarah May giving Hellboy the drawing of the shovel reminded me of Vasilisa from Darkness Calls, and yes... I think that shovel is definitely Vril-infused. Oh, I like that. Yeah, because yeah. she right. gives him the comb, right? Or the, the little napkin, and yeah, both of those cool. things. Okay. Yeah, both of those things transform. Or I think there are lots of ways to channel Vril, and the priest used one. He didn't do it wrong, necessarily. The shovel does its job, after all, but compared to Otabenga and Ashley Strode, who, it could be argued, used several channels. Being an atheist... Right. I do understand Danielle's exasperation, to an extent. Nineteen-year-old me would probably have agreed, but my view of religion has softened a bit since then. It may not be to my taste, but I have several relatives, including my mum, who are religious to some degree or another. Don't worry. They're sensible about it. <laughs> At least there's that. This is already running quite long, so I'll try to be brief. The part with Hecate raises some interesting questions. You were wondering about the dogs. On an earlier page, Eliza calls her Mother of Dogs. In Conqueror Worm, Rasputin calls her Queen of Dogs. Mm. The Golden Apple was a nice way of using the Greek mythological aspects of the character, and she does have quite an ego, as deities tend to. <laughs> Still, nothing compared to Rasputin's or Strobel's, though. We know the dirt might deliver death or dreaming. I'm guessing this depends on whether Hecate is in a generous mood or not. Sure. She gave Sarah May permission to not only take the bag of dirt, but ask her a question. Mm. Either we didn't see her ask it, or it hasn't happened yet. 
Maybe that's the function of the dreaming. This and a number of other things seem to suggest there's more of the story to come. And of course, Frankenstein New World ended with not the end. Oh, and by the way, they misspelled Heka Emin Ra the first time. Not the second, but both times they missed the second hyphen. You are wondering about the third panel of the third last page of issue two, with a very upset-looking Amelia Brooke. I don't think this was about the Hellboy vision. One by one, she's been handing her students over to... Alosus. Alosus? Alosus? Yeah. She has to, because of the deal she made with him. She's not happy about it. She doesn't seem to care the slightest bit about her brother's death, though. I'm assuming you already know about the Yule Cat, but it looks like we're also getting a Hellboy free comic book day story next year. Free's always nice. Lastly, <laughs> Web of Word. I'm enjoying it so far, and hopefully I can finish it by this time next month. Elements of the story actually tie into Hellboy and the BPRD, 1954. Be warned, John. You might be in for an unpleasant surprise. Hmm. Oh. Depending on how far you've got. Hmm. And, oh, and there actually is a conversation with one of the BPRD agents where she says to Hellboy something like, I should introduce you to my friend. Her name's Kate. Ah, okay. Oh. Cool. I've also got lots and lots of gameplay advice, which I'll save for another time. Enjoy Koshki in Hell. Yes. Awesome. Robert Noonan. Wow. That That's was epic. Tough to do. Really good. Good job, Danielle, doing your Robert Noonan. Good job. I thought Robert Noonan was here on the show. I was like, wow. I was about to ask him more questions. I was like going to ask him to elaborate. Again, I keep coming back around to like, it would be fun to have episodes to just talk about some of these concepts. Absolutely. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Stuff like that. We could have a whole episode just on Hecate. Absolutely. You know, yeah. Talking oh, about yeah, all that totally. stuff and how uh, her role in the comics. Thank you so much, Robert. We also got a Hey You Damn Guys from Julian Zamo. Julian Zamo. Book club member. Yes. He says, Hey You Damn Guys. The mid show research assist I sent with the old timey sound effects cracked me up. Thanks a lot for including it. <laughs> we loved it. Glad to be the first to send you a tell you all about it audio. I didn't even realize I was. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, we've cut to people before yeah. and made them do it, but we've never had anyone say, I'll do it. Yeah. We yeah, love that. We love that. I love that. I've been playing Web of Word 2. I didn't really like the gameplay at first, but once you get some upgrades, it becomes way more fun. Yes. Mm. The story is cool. Really like that it takes place in my country of Argentina, and I was really surprised that they mentioned Mulvanian's Falcon's War. Mm. They handled it pretty well with the Argentinian characters, criticizing her government for starting a war that is pretty much impossible to win. A lot of people didn't seem to realize that the war was started by a military dictatorship that was trying to stay in power at all costs. Sorry to get political. He did uh, quotes on that. He did uh, quotes on that. <laughs> uh, there's nothing else I, I didn't like because I found it really cliche and solid a mile away, but it's a spoiler, so I won't go into detail mm, here. Okay. But I, I do like the historical fiction aspect, you know yeah. what I mean? If incorporating all that stuff is, I'm glad they did that. That's cool. Anyway, I think the new characters were introduced because of the time period. We don't really know who was around the BPRD in the early 80s. Sure, Abe and Liz just became agents, but if they were in the game and weren't on a combat role playable, I think it would be weird. Oh yeah, you're right. I wouldn't mind the new characters being canonized by showing up in the comics. There, are, there aren't many stories set in the 80s aside from Hellboy leaving to be with Anastasia. That's just before the events of the game. Hmm. I would love Hell Notes-like episodes where you talk about a topic. Maybe have the listeners send their theories and thoughts and about the topics before the episode. That's what you're supposed to be doing anyway. Yes, no, but that's, uh, that's awesome because we were just talking about that. 
You could do one about the mythology and history of the world, Hecate, Hyperborea, etc., after the Miss Truesdale episode. And if you could get Mark to be there, that would be even better. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know that guy knows his Hellboy lore. Just the other day, he, ans- he answered really thoroughly a question and a lot of subsequent ones I had about Pluto and the nature of demons in the Hellboy universe on Discord. Nice. P.S. I'm so glad you guys liked Over the Garden Walls. It's one of my favorite animated shows ever. Check out the pilot if you haven't already. It's a, like a secret extra episode. Oh, Anyway, nice. sorry for the long message. There's just so much to talk about. Nice. Thank you. That's great. I'm Thank definitely going to check that out. All right. We also heard from Billy Hines. Billy Hines. Book club member. He said, hey, you damn folk. For years, I've had an idea of some work of fiction being picked up or evolving into a secret text in some post-apocalyptic world. He said, having recently got the Monster Hellboy, that they just yeah, released like this I, giant book. It's they called released the Monster. a big Monster Hellboy yeah. book? Um, yes, it's a giant tome. Is it a giant tome? He what said, is it? What uh, is it? What's in there? It's like... Basically, all the omnibuses or something. Well, isn't it like the four omnibuses? How? Yeah. Can you see through the paper? <laughs> like, through the pages? Apparently, I've seen people post pictures of it. It looks nuts. It's a That's giant wild. book. It's- Having recently got the Monster HB, I began thinking about it again, coupled with finding the long-dead remains of book club members with their magician-shaped tattoos. Absolutely. There's a future where Hey You Damn Guys as a season's greeting while carving up a giant frog to celebrate the manifesting of HB. Aw, that's sweet. I don't get out much. Merry Doom Booms, (laughs) Billy. That's really sweet. Thank you, Billy. I love that. And a a Hey You Damn Guys to you. And a Hey You Damn Guys to you. Yes, we love it. We love it. All right, we also heard... And the carols will be like, first we read a thing, then you read a thing, (laughs) then we're gonna talk about it. I love that. Oh, I can't wait. That's gonna be be great. great. I won't get to hear it, but I know it'll be great. We also got a Hey You Damn Guys from Alex Kopech. Alex Kopech. Book club member. Yes. Uh, he says, it's been a while, but I'm back with some fan cast. For Koshki, I'd love to cast a Russian actor, but not familiar with, with many. Insert your casting if you know any that would fit. So I'd cast Mad Mickelson. Yes! Oh, Can you imagine wow. him? Oh, Mads Mickelson! As Koshki, that would be so oh. awesome. That would be, awesome. That would be really Man. good. Man, I think he has a great "I'm tired of this" attitude and great physicality that would really work for the character. No one does that better than him. Yeah, first of all, yeah. For Sir Edward Gray, the Witchfinder. Witchfinder. Like you would cue Andrew Adair's theme. Oh, he put it in there. That's sweet. We will. We'll do that. John will do it. I choose Nicola Coster Waldo. He was Jamie Lannister. I only read Edward with his. Oh, what? I've yeah. only read Ed- Edward with his Jamie Lannister voice from Game of Thrones. Wow. He has such a great, dry, and sarcastic voice in that show, and I think he'd be perfect. Let huh. me know what you guys think of these. I hope to be more frequent from now on with these castings. Returning amateur casting director, Alex. Yes. <laughs> the thing is, I can't picture him without straight blonde hair. No, but I, I, think, I think like... I think he doesn't. I think he yeah, has that's dark what I'm hair saying. in real life. Should we give him like... I, a, I, I think dark, like... Um, curly that's dark kind hair. of unconventional casting, but I think it's really it's good. good. Yeah, Gosh. no. I like that actor. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good one. Mm, cool. I like Cool that. and good. I like both of these yeah, ideas. Yeah, they're good. <laughs> Let's make it happen. Sure. Really good. Man. But one thing Mads Mikkelsen will absolutely not do is get real buff. He's just not going to do that. He'll be like, fuck you. But Kashi's the deathless. He doesn't need to be buff. 
He looks pretty buff. He does. He look pretty buff. They're he just, just won't do it though, and I'm okay with a, it. Was what I'm saying is I'm okay with it. Yeah, they'll put him in like some armor that makes him look buff. Exactly, it's fine. It's fine. They did you it know, with I, Anthony Hopkins. I agree. No, it's totally fine. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm saying that to you. Absolutely. What am I reading here? Anthony Hopkins. What movie? In Thor, he's, <laughs> he's all. Odin. Oh right. Duh. <laughs> forgot. You're like what I movie is that? I forgot he was in those movies. Yeah. yeah. How? <laughs> what do you mean you forgot? <laughs> We got some feed for the bag from Wes Matice. <laughs> Wes Matice. Book club member and co-host. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Hey, damn guys. Again, super stoked you finally got to Over the Garden Wall. One of my favorite cartoon series, if not my number one. It is definitely a show that requires a rewatch. For sure. Absolutely. I can't yes. wait to rewatch oh, it. Yeah. I definitely want to rewatch that. Benson Beck is awesome. We really get to see some of his best work in the series. In this club, I feel we really get to see his art evolve and mm. become something special. Mm-hmm. Also, side note, I believe you can still get original pages from this series on SplashPageArt.com. Yes. Hope we get to hear about Mark's page. Oh, okay. Yes, Mark got the uh, he got the Vasilisa page. Ooh. Ooh. I think he, he got some of those pages where she comes in. Oh, I think that's what he's referencing there. Also, I can't remember if you mentioned it already, but I'm bringing it up again since it is now out. Stenbeck has his own comic series out this week, Our Bones Dust. Yes, it just came out this week. I haven't read it yet, but I will this weekend, and it has a Mignola variant cover. Yes, pick that up. All right, I couldn't be more excited that the book club is finally on Kashki and Hell. Yeah. With the Hellboy and Hell series, it left me wanting more in a good way, but also tied everything up in a nice, beautiful piece. Getting this gives me more Koshki and more in-hell stories, and I was all about it, especially with the continuation of the hell lore. Yeah, we love some lore, mm, don't we? I love mm-hmm. that. Also, can Skeleton Crew make the Order of the Fly Ring? If I keep saying that, will it come true? Oh, that's a good one. That yeah. would be awesome. Yeah, man. Yeah. An actual wearable piece. I'm surprised someone hasn't made that. I mean, they've made necklaces, I guess, but like, no one's wearing those. Like, Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Someone could probably make that. Someone yeah. make that. Somebody make it. there is so much in the story i want to talk about but we'll only focus on a few weird things that i loved having the snake return was so exciting yes Mm -hmm. oh yeah and i know it means so much more especially with the shot of the tree branches and thought of what john and danielle would think of when seeing the return of the snake Mm -hmm. return of the snake (laughs) can't wait for the theories to come in the crow and the snail and the beginning of the story. That was all caps, by the way. <laughs> I love it when we get characters like this in the Mignolaverse. I'd like to think they have some symbolism for what is to come. Lately, I've been reading old Welsh, Scottish, and Irish stories, and the crow sometimes represents Morrigan in Celtic stories. You better believe mm. it does. <laughs> you better fucking believe it. That's absolutely Morrigan. The deity of war and battle to come, and if she was on your side... Would help you win over your enemy. Not sure if this is where Mignola's head was at on this, but it is really fitting. Since in the next few issues, Kashi will be having his fair share of battles. Mm -hmm. I think the snail was intentional as well. I wish I could recall what art history class I learned this from. But at one point I learned a snail was a symbol for memento mori. When I was done with art school, I would draw skulls and snails all everywhere all the time and still kind of do. I love that for you. Yeah, send us that. Send us that. Yeah. Send us those. (laughs) When I saw the snail in the story in Hell with the Deathless, I had to wonder if it meant something more, so I did a deeper dive. Yes, thank you. In medieval art, the snail represented life slowing down, tolerance, perseverance, enduring adversity, and unusual strength in times. 
of dying. In some religion, it symbolizes wickedness passing away, purity, water, or cleansing. Yeah, snails are little water guys. Yeah. I love that. Again, I can't speak for the creator, but I thought these ideas were fitting to the story and really fun to research. They are fitting to the story, yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, that's not a mistake. Yeah. Also, the crow and snail for sure got out of there for a tea party on the other side of pandemonium. Yeah, they did. <laughs> <laughs> that snail was fine. Mr. <sighs> Jenks and Mr. Dean's cameo is brilliant. I want more. I'd love an episode on those guys. Let's do it. The world tree that came out of Gamora and her design are beautiful and beg so many questions. In the end, do we have closure for the characters? Is that what this is? Closure. What is this place where Koshki is, where Grey is? I loved hearing all your theories and can't wait to hear more from the book club members. In the epilogue, I lost my mind and was so happy they added this. Did not expect it. What does it all mean? Where does it go? I love the memorial to Hellboy in the epilogue with the shapes at the bottom. It is amazing and needs a mention. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Anyways, thank you, you damn guys, and talk soon. Wes. Yes, thank, thank you, Wes. Wes. Awesome. Great getting a hey, you damn guys from me, man. I, I, I think we're going to talk about this more because we got like a Hell Notes size feedback from, from Mark about all of this. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's do it. We're going to get into it. Okay. Regarding Castle Full of Blackbirds, we heard from Mark Tweedell. Mark Tweedell. Book club member. Yes. Mark said, so uh, remember in Castle Full of Blackbirds, she looks into the future and she sees Hellboy on top of the dragon with the crown and the sword right. and all that stuff, did. right? A lot of people And uh, Mark said, this moment has me very intrigued because this is one big thing that never paid off in Hellboy's story. And if this was a mistake, then you'd think Mignola would be trying to brush it under the rug or something. But no, it keeps popping up. And here it gets a whole damn page. Mignola and co. are loudly proclaiming, we are not done with this. Okay. Ooh. Yeah, that's interesting to think about. Okay. Yeah. Like they're still going to come back around to it. He also said, I really love the structure of the story, the way each issue revolves around learning an element. I also think it's one of those stories that we may appreciate better over time as we look back and have a better understanding of its place in the grand scheme of things. Okay. Um, Mark always knows more about what's happening. You he know really what does. I mean? What's <laughs> yeah. happening with the books and stuff like that. And I'm just like, Mark, what do you know? But it's also like, I don't want to know what he knows because no. I just want to discover it. it. Yeah. But I also, Mark, what do you know? <laughs> Regarding Kashi and Hell, he said, I think we will see Jinx and Dean again, but nothing chronologically beyond this point. So when they fly mm. off in the balloon. That was the last. Maybe. And Drew Campbell was a little upset with that. Drew Campbell. Book club member. He said, so we'll never see their map of hell or get to read their history. You know, they're trying to write that book or whatever. Yeah. Um, Mark said, maybe some things are best left to the imagination after all. But Matt Strackbine. Matt Strackbine. Book club member. He also, <laughs> he also uh, asked, how does time even work in hell? Mm, you know what I it mean? Doesn't. So, it doesn't. So I don't know. I do hope we get to see them again, though. I really like those characters. I would like to see their book. John, you can see them right now. Oh. You can see them right now in the in the imagination of your mind. I know. I'm going to cr create my own stories. You can see them right now. You can draw them. Aww. You can draw them on some paper, John. I will. Okay. I'm going to do that right after we finish this episode. I'm so excited. I can't wait. <laughs> Mark also said, I have to say, after being a good friend with Julian Zamo for a while now, it was truly wonderful to mm. hear his voice. Yeah. 
Julian has put a huge smile on my face. Thank you for that. Aww. That's cool. Awesome. So it's like he got to hear Friendship. him for the first time too. You guys could just talk to each other also. But he also said that's exactly how he felt where he heard Mark Aww, on our episode. Aww. Aww. You guys were awesome. Friendship. Friendship all around. That's very sweet. I love it. Mark said, I love the structure of this story. It starts off with such a grand scope. You have to stop the ultimate evil from returning. But the big fight happens in issue two instead of issue four. From there, the scope shrinks and becomes more and more personal until it's just Kashi alone with the ghost of his past mistakes and evils. And then we get a moment of personal transformation that's far more epic than any fight against a bad guy could ever be. Seeing Hellboy atop the shapes was beautiful, drawn as it is in the Mignola style, where pieces are left vague for the imagination to draw. It's like for a moment it's both Hellboy and the wizard. The two are one and the same. Regarding the tree and the sword and what made it happen, I think it's ambiguous enough to be many things. I don't think the text is specific enough for there to be an answer, but it does open up an avenue of discussion. I'm looking forward to hearing what other book club members found in this moment. For me, I'm more interested in the metaphor as an extension of what's happening in Hell. From a sword that was intended to be carried by Hellboy into an invasion and ruination of the earthly plane, and from the corpse of Gamori, a demon that would have been the gateway for the apocalyptic evil, comes the world tree that will usher in an idyllic paradise. Even from the worst of evils, good acts can create change. He also said, Gamori is an excellent example of antagonists that claim to know things in the Hellboy universe. Just because they say it is so does not mean it is so. In this case, that aspect is front and center, though, rather than something the reader has to discover for themselves. I'm looking at you, Memnonsa. Remember Gilly Boy? Gil Gilly Boy. He said all this stuff was going to happen, yeah. you know? Yeah. And he said, like, the the Hellboy thing, but then there was also, like, he showed Liz, like, these photos, and Ponya was in a suit with them fighting the yeah. Ogdrogen. Like, oh, none yeah. of that happened, yeah. you know what I mean? Turns so. out it was just a dipshit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said, uh, there are stories of people who have very little but are still generous to those in need. And in those stories, it often happens that the person they helped is some manner of good spirit that rewards their generosity. In Kashi and Hell, the family at the end helps Kashi when he has nothing, not even clothes. He awakens to find they have left him soup and bread, and then he fills their table with food. This is the first act of the new Kashi. He chooses to be like the benevolent spirit in those stories. The other major change we see is when he realizes he is holding the sword and has more work to do. He does not want this work, and it will be hard, but there is no hesitation. It must be done. And so he sets out to do it. I see this as an important aspect of the new Kashi. He is free of the old Kashi's guilt and shame, but not his responsibilities. Okay, I like, I like that. that. Yeah. I also didn't realize that he made all the food. Yeah, because... I didn't think... Of, I yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, that makes sense. Mark also said the absence of the river Acheron says a lot more than just what it does about Sir Edward. In this newborn hell, there is no river of woe slash suffering. Because that's what Acheron is. Oh, okay. So that's interesting. Regarding the family vanishing on the farm, my read on that was very different. This is hell, and it is not a physical realm, but a realm of spirits. We've seen before how someone can be talking to a person one moment and then a skeleton in the next. And then they are gone without ever leaving. Nothing has actually changed externally. The person isn't flashing in and out of existence and shape-shifting. Rather, it's the spectator's awareness that is changing. They glimpse another aspect of the person they're talking to. The peak beyond one veil of perception into another. So in this final scene at the farm, I don't think the family is gone. They're still there, but Kashi is no longer aware of them. 
once he was given his task to do, his attention is there. I like that. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. He also said, I like the coral as extensions of Pluto's influence. Given the strange oceanic creatures in the watery abyss that surrounds hell, I wonder if that too is affected by Pluto. I didn't even think of that. So remember um, Gamori's getting taken over mm-hmm. by the coral? Yeah. Well, all hell is is like squids and yeah. octopuses and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. So Crazy. that's kind of, yeah. Yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah, it, wild sea creatures like is that, that like yeah. is that part of Pluto also? Pretty good. Mark also said, "What about those bugs?" Oh yeah, bugs or not? Bugs? Yeah, no, there are a lot of bugs, Lots but those bugs. were like the judges mm. or whatever. They came in and they were like, "Ah, we are lying, Gamori. We're, we're bugs, bugs, and you're lying, and we uh, know you're lying." Ah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, there were also bugs. Yeah, they were. Mark also said, world trees are an important part of the Hellboy universe. They come and go. They are not eternal. Obviously, the Yggdrasil is the world tree for a long time. I speculated that it originally sprouted in Thoth's garden after the statue of Anum destroyed Gorinum. It seems like the sort of event that would issue in a new world tree. We saw after Hellboy's death in the Storm and the Fury, a world tree growing in England. However, this does not connect all realms. England drifts from our plane of existence and becomes its own place which at a certain point becomes permanently separated from everything else. So this new world tree in hell, is this the beginning of a similar change in hell? Will it become separate so that no new souls arrive? Will it become its own island of existence? Regarding the transformed hell and rivers flowing to unknown places, up to this point hell has been a place where other things are sent to. It was empty. And then a bunch of watchers were put in there. I believe hell was originally a place where one wasn't damned, but rather a place where one can change and ultimately ascend. But those watchers refused to change, and they transformed hell into a place of damnation. Everything in hell stems from the fury of those watchers, and what they could make of their time incarcerated, and from all those that came after. The old hell could only be what was put into it, but the new hell can create something new. Things grow now. Where the rivers flow are not old places transformed. These are newly created places that never existed before. That's my interpretation of it anyway. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. Um, Thanks for the rundown of all that. He also said, um, with hell transformed, I can't help but wonder what happened to the army fashioned by the deaf and blind watcher. Do you remember that in Hellboy in Hell? Mm -hmm. He's like getting all the fish and smashing them with a hammer and turning them into soldiers and then it's like but those like fish were like souls or something like something that. like that right yeah. so it's like what's going to happen to that army pretty cool thank you mark that was like a i thought that that answered a lot of wes's questions about like mm-hmm. what's happening in hell what's happening with the new with the world tree in england and all that kind of stuff mark also said what, what else did he say john danielle what? With a combo of ADHD and autism, I totally get what you're saying about losing yourself in a game. Yeah. Though I often have little to show for it. Same. It'll be like 3 a.m. and I'll look at my accomplishments and be like, yep, I picked up all the oranges. Uh-huh. Stardew Valley is a dangerous game. Beware. Oh, man. You're I, too late. I played it with friends, which at least helped keep my sessions under control. Too fucking late. But it also meant I could hyper-focus on a single aspect of the game and ignore practically everything else. You're speaking my language. One thing my brain refuses to accept is that the day is a limited stretch of time. It Mm. operates on video game logic, where a day is infinitely long and it only ends when you go to sleep. God, I wish they were actually true. Imagine being able to do all the things you need to do. That said, this could only be true of your personal life, not for work. That could get dystopian really fucking fast. Mm. Yeah, no shit. I like that. You know, like, people are always like, 
Well, not always, but when people ask me, like, what superpower would you have? Uh, I, I hate that question because I never know what to say. I'm always like, eh, I don't know. Uh, maybe I can fart through walls or something like that. <laughs> you fart through walls? Okay. Well. I want to see artwork of that now. Okay. <laughs> but what if you could, what about time powers? Or does that make you like a god at that point? Yeah, you're a god. Like, what if you could just make a day last until you until you want to go to sleep, and then the day ends, and as long as you're awake... For you or for everyone? I don't know. Because that's... W- w- what would be the difference? How does that work? Like, if it's just for what you... What do you mean? Because it- <laughs> if it's just for you, isn't that just speed powers? Like, you're just doing stuff really fast, or... Oh. See, like... I don't know. Well, anyway. Speed, speed powers and time powers can overlap. Or they go together Yeah, they line, can. Right? Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. Anyway. Maybe. That's my new answer. If okay. someone says, what superpower would you have? Make I would a day say, last forever? Make a day last until I go to sleep. It lasts until that's, I go to sleep. And then the day, and then the next day that's starts. That's how it already works. No, but like. You mean for everyone then, is what you mean. Like if I stay up and keep doing stuff, then the day doesn't end. It's still Tuesday. So for of- everyone. Sure. That's how it would have to be. Because, like, you can just stay up if you want. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But, I mean, you'd go crazy and die because your brain needs sleep. Yeah. And I wouldn't Physically. be able to go to work the next day. No, yeah. Or I'd go to work and then I'd do something dumb. It would be bad. you get yeah. in a car accident anyway. or something. Telekinesis, though, is the answer. Okay. Oh, that's that, it's a good answer, You can do too. anything with telekinesis. You can do anything you want. I like teleportation. Mm, that's you good... can do that with telekinesis. How can you teleport with telekinesis? Mate, if you get good enough at it, you can control quantum shit. Oh, okay. That seems like um, hard. Well, you got to <laughs> study. You got to you got to work but at I it. But I could just say I'd rather have teleportation you gotta and practice, just do that. You got to practice and you got to you got to train. Okay, I'm going to start practicing. Okay. All right. <laughs> we also heard from Christopher Egan. Christopher Egan. Book club member. Yes, he said I always saw hell as hell, a magical spirit realm. And where humanity goes at the end of Devil You Know is the Hollow Earth. Also a place where magic and science mix, but simply a subterranean place in the physical world. Yes, so... Okay, yeah. I forgot to mention this. Um, Well, actually, okay, I'll come back to this. We also heard from Drew Campbell. Drew Campbell. Book club member. He said, I've been loving Web of Word. Once I got the hang of the controls, it's so satisfying to run into a room and beat the shit out of a monster as Hellboy. It really is. <laughs> it's very satisfying. Once you get control of like the blocking, that's the good. blocking, like when you block it perfect, you get your hell your right hand of doom meter starts to fill up. Oh. And then you can use your big like move or whatever, which is a lot of fun. He says, of course, after I got pretty decent at the game, the difficulty jumped way up with longer levels and tougher bad guys. So then I sucked for a while until I got better at strategizing. My secret to not getting lost is to always go left. When I clear a room, I find a door I entered from and go to the first door to the left. If I hit a dead end, I turn around and make the first left I haven't been to yet. It's not perfect because sometimes you loop back to somewhere you've already been. And sometimes you miss out on power-ups unless you backtrack (laughs) and find them before you exit the level. But in general, it helps to keep track of where you're going. I definitely stay up way too late playing video games, but I also stay up way too late watching movies and shows, so it's all the same. I should do that. I should stay up late playing video games because it's the same thing. Okay. I also have a huge backlog of games that I haven't played yet. It goes well with my huge backlog of comic books and books that I haven't read yet, movies and shows that I haven't watched yet, and music that I haven't listened to yet. Again, I, I, time I feel, powers. I, I feel that one right there. You know? Time powers. That's the answer. 
Oh, man, we also heard from Niklas. Niklas. Look remember. Yes. He said, I have returned from my grave. Okay. Because a snake whispered sweet words to me about my favorite nerds talking about he who's deathless. So I listened, and how I miss the old book club members. Aww. Aww. Thank you, Niklas. He said, regarding the shape of hell, methinks it is now turned into its own dimension, free of the shackles of sin, a new earth populated by newborn spirits of sinners, with Kashi as their protector. That's kind of what Mark said. It's drifting into its own mm, kind yeah. of thing. He said, uh, because... it's going to need a new name, I yeah. think. Probably. Because as we saw, evil is still afoot. Maybe tis human nature... Maybe somebody should just whack them hillbillies over the head and tell them to stop worshipping evil. But it's a fitting end for a flawed character. We'll call it, it Heck. Yeah. <laughs> for it was boredom that drove Koshi to fight, not a noble spirit. So this new beginning is another chance to prove himself worthy or fall again. We will see. And it is good that Edward Grey has a little happy end in the new fairy realm called England. Didn't he sacrifice so much? And wasn't he ready to sacrifice even the little thing he was now? That makes him a bigger man. The man who had only one chance, but was ready to damn himself, compared to a mortal who in the end only gave a damn about himself. A fine story, a fine ending, which shows that nothing ends as long as there is life in any form. Now I will return to my grave. Let's see if I will be back. But hell on, dear book club members. I hope to hear you soon more often. You damn guys. Thank there you, you go. Ah. That was great to hear from I you. I love again. you, yes. I definitely think that you and Mark are on the same theory with, with what hell is becoming. We also heard from Jerry Turnbull. Jerry Turnbull. Book club member. He said, I think this year with Kashi and Miss Truesdale, we had the two best stories set in the universe. It's a beautiful and deeply affecting story full of moments that really touch you. Kashi walking past the goat containing the soul of the man he once was was so powerful. He is now a completely new and reborn man. The past is firmly behind him. And that final page with Eddie in the garden, absolutely love it. He also said, I think Kashi's in the new world where Leah and Frankie are. Hellboy changed everything. Hell and Earth are now the same place, alive and brimming with new light, just like this new world. The narration at the end of Frankenstein New World. And the final words of Kashi and Hell, things are different now. Hellboy changed everything. We flow now into lands unknown, beyond the mountains, beyond the ice, places undreamed of. And as Norman McLean said... Eventually, all things merge into one, and a river runs through it. The river was cut by the world's great flood and runs over rocks from the basement on time. On some of those rocks are timeless raindrops. Under the rocks are the words, and some of the words are theirs. And Mark replied to that comment. He said, I could see that. I could also see the human hollow earth world drifting away from the real world over time, just like England and the realm of the Fae and Baba Yaga's dream of Russia. I like the idea of hollow earth and transformed hell still being separate, but a river connects the two realms. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's cool. Yeah, but, very cool. But one thing um, one thing I wanted to mention, so Mark shared our episode on Blue Sky, and I'm not on there yet. I need to, oh, yeah. I need to make an account or whatever. But Ben Stenbeck commented on the post over there, and he said, where Kashi is is not the new world where Frankenstein is. Okay. Oh. As so, I surmised yeah. already, I knew that. <laughs> so, I and, and I hate to crush that. I know everybody, I know Matt re really likes that theory and Jerry really likes that theory, but I don't know. Apparently that it's is... It's a fun headcanon, but yeah. it's not real. Apparently, Ben Stenbeck has said that it's not. No. Th they are separate places, so we'll see. 
Oh, Jerry also mentioned that Cora Fisher's Demon Familiar in The Crooked Man was in a bottle. Okay. We were trying to remember all the ones that were in a bottle. That's a good one. Thank you there. Okay, thank you. We heard from Ryan Yule. Ryan Yule. Book club member. Yes. Ryan said, sadly, I don't own any pages from Kashi and Hell. I thought he did. Oh. I was like, oh, he owns this page. I said oh, it on the you show. Said that. And so somebody owns that page where it's just the golden heart or I'm whatever. Sure somebody does. I, thought. I mean, I thought it was him. Mm. Um, but he does have I mean, one of- to be fair. It's a pretty good guess. <laughs> yes. Like statistically. Yeah, statistically, I would you know, have been right. It's most a safe of the time. bet like to put your money on that. But he does have a page from the epilogue. From that Mike Mignola. Are you sure? Ooh. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Before you say that and it's permanently just on record? Well, he shared it in his comments. <laughs> so there you go. We also heard from Ben Stenbeck. Ben Stenbeck. Book club member. Yes, an amazing artist. Remember that comic that Matt did of us sitting in that room? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it looks just like where Kashi is yeah, sitting with the book? Yeah, it's super cute. Well, Ben Stenbeck commented on that. Aww. And he said... What did he say? That room is loosely based on the TV reading room in the Mignola house. Yes, that is true. Yeah, that yes. is cool. Awesome. So, very cool. Thank you. That's fun and true and cute. And we also got some love from Michael Oming. Michael Oming. Michael Avon Oming? Yes. The artist, Michael Oming? Yes. Mm-hmm. He said, I'll be listening. I love this series. Aw. So awesome. Wow. Thank you, guys. Thanks. It's always great nice. when the creators chime in. Awesome. That was a hefty feedback. Are you full? I am stuffed. Are you stuffed with with feedback? (laughs) So many book club members. (laughs) All right, and now we're going to go on to our next segment. What do you see? What do you say? Yeah, what are you seeing and what are you saying? What are you seeing and what are you saying? Okay, I have a couple things. Okay. (laughs) I've been watching some holiday movies (laughs) to get into the winter spirit. You sure have, buddy. Um, So I just have a list here. I'll run down really quick. I watched Violent Night. That was the one with um, <laughs> David Harbour, our, our Hellboy that we were just talking about. Yeah, yeah. I watched that one. You know, it was it was fun, but it was it was also a little too tryhardy for me. Seems you're, like a tryhard thing. You're, you're already doing Violent Santa. Yeah, like you're already doing Santa, who's like John Wick. You don't have to do like I don't know. Some of the dialogue Rude was a little. Santa. Yeah. It, well. Not even rude. Not even him. Just everybody else in the movie is <laughs> okay. so rude. Like so. Like are they trying to do the world record of f bombs in this movie? Uh, you know what okay. I mean? Like it's sure. it just sure. seemed like a little excessive. Which you're and offended it, by? I, I don't care. But it was just like it just seemed like a I don't know. It was a little too tryhard. Sure, no, I get it. I but, get it. But the the Santa stuff was cool. They're it trying was to fun. substitute being rude for being funny. Yes. Yeah. But it's like you already have violent you already have Santa. Violent Santa. You, that's funny. You know, that's it. Yeah. You, that's all you need. So anyway, that was that was sure. fun. I also watched uh, the Black Christmas original Black Christmas from 1974. Okay. It's actually a pretty good movie. I don't know what that is. Um, surprisingly feminist for 1974 horror okay. movie, which I thought was interesting. Wasn't there a whole feminist like revolution thing happening in that? Well, I, I think like, uh, yeah, yeah, Dang. but that was fun. It, it's that's the original spoilers for a 1974 movie. That's the original. The call's coming from inside the house. Oh, is it? That's oh, that's, fun. It's, that's the movie. That's cool. Anyway, why did I know that? Was is that, that the movie? is yeah. that the one? Okay. Yeah, I also watched Krampus. Okay. Yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> All right. I liked that. You saw the ending of that. It's about Krampuses. Did I see the ending of that? Yeah. What was it? What was? What did it look like? It's a big Krampus, a and, big and he's wearing Santa Claus's face as a mask. I didn't see that. Okay, I anyway. don't remember it. It sounds cool. Yeah. I mean, it sounds awesome. I didn't see it, though. And then I watched some of the classics. 
Uh, you were Scrooge. watching. I I came in when you want where you were watching Gremlins. Yes, yeah, so I watched Gremlins. And I, when you started Scrooge, I was like, "Is this Scrooge?" Yeah, and so, I got real excited because yeah. me and my dad used to watch that together. I love yeah, that movie. I love yeah, it's movies. great. We also yeah. watched Die Hard. Oh, love uh, that's Die a Hard. Christmas one. Yes, it is. Um, totally. and Correct. Then, um, Correct. I like to I like to do some of the Marvel stuff too. So you got Iron Man well, three. Well, with Die Hard, we're blazing through these. With Die Hard, we uh, oh. oh, every time Hans Gruber says detonators, an angel gets its wings. There you go. <laughs> we must have the detonators. Okay, That's our new and thing. then so continue. What else was the thing? Oh, Iron Man three. You watched? Did that you one. watch that? Yeah. I Where did was watch I that. when you watched that? I don't think you were here. You made sure I wasn't yeah, here. Yeah, I don't know. I that watched that one. The worst. I also watched the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, which oh, is really cute. good. That's fun. I really okay. like that. I like that song that they play in the very beginning. They do beginning. have a song, don't they? What, like, I don't know what Christmas is, but Christmas don't time is here. Don't they have several songs? They do. Okay. But, uh, but, but I, that's ta- the one you that, like. I like that song a lot. I think it's really that's funny. That's cute. Those are my... The, so I'm probably going to watch some more. There, there are a couple more that I want to get to during the winter time. Don't forget Lesbian Christmas. Yeah, that's my... I, I haven't got to that one yet. Lesbian like, Season? What's it called? Happiest Season. Happiest Season. season. I, like the, I like that one. Yeah. I'll probably watch that I one. Love this. The, I love everyone who's in it. Yeah. The mom is just my mom. It's very funny. Basically. Yeah. All the Everyone in there is really good. Aubrey Plaza's in that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's got a great cast. Yeah, Kristen Stewart. She's so funny in that movie. Right, she is. She's really good. What about you, Aubrey? What are you seeing and what are you saying? Okay, so um, we uh, got around to watching the first two MonsterVerse movies, Godzilla and Kong Skull Island. They were yeah. really good. Enjoyed the shit out of them. But we watched this other movie called Love and Monsters on Netflix. So oh, really, I keep seeing that. It was really good. Um, okay. The whole premise is like, and this is the very beginning, so it's not a spoiler. Earth tried, they, we, there was an asteroid coming, and we shot a bunch of rockets at it, and def- or destroyed the asteroid, but then it rained down uh, radioactive material and mutated all the cold-blooded animals and insects on the planet into giant monsters. Oh, wow. That's actually pretty cool, yeah. Pretty much. Wow. And then it's like... That would destroy the ecosystem. Well, then it was like seven years later and there were people living in bunkers and this one guy is trying to get back to his girlfriend who he hasn't seen in seven years. But it was a lot of fun, so that was really good. Uh, And then we also watched this documentary called um, Love Wins... The story of Mother God. Wow, that was just—it's quite a title. Yeah, it's it, it's about this woman who um, I can't even guess what this is going to be about. Uh, she claimed that she was Mother God. What's that? Uh, that she was God in okay. Mother, but Mother God. Okay. I don't really know exactly. All right. It was just, okay. <laughs> no. Okay. It's just another. I'm following you. I'm it's just you. another one of those like religious cult things. Oh, it's a cult thing. Yes. Oh, wow. That's that's dark. Yeah. Those are and, always so dark. And. Um, then it was just, but it was also like, you know, about the woman's death and how she died. And, you know, I mean, uh, they even had like a, blo- a video blog that they did all the time. And they're like, mother has ascended, mother has transitioned to the next world. This is all creepy mm, yeah. me out. Anyway, uh, it, was, it was a very well-made uh, documentary. Well, it's on good. HBO. Yeah, it is. If you want to feel horrible and have a <laughs> real some, bad time, it's got some, make it's, sure you watch this. Yeah, three episodes. <laughs> some people do like that. You know, some, yeah. some people really do. Yeah. yeah. All right. What about you, Danielle? Did you have anything? We I've been do, uh, doing a lot of work getting everything ready for the um, album release. Oh, do you want to tomorrow. talk about that a little bit? Yeah, we're releasing an album tomorrow. Yeah, there you and go. And we've been... Uh, By the time this comes out, it'll already be out. It'll be already be, it'll already be out. And it's a really good album, too. Thank you, I've been Aubrey. listening to it's it for about nice. a, the last month because you guys gave me an advanced copy. We thank did. You. We did. Because you're the best. And uh, it's called Long Con, and it'll be out. You can go to onlybeast.com and check that out. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Yeah. And now we're going to go on to our book club episode for the week. 
And this week we're talking about Hellboy in Love. In Ooh, Love. Yeah. I thought it was kind of funny because it's like Hellboy in Hell and then yeah. Hellboy in Love. Anyway. It is. No, yeah. Can we all, can we, can we get a, ooh. <laughs> you knew exactly what I was going for, too, that TV audience sound. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yep. yeah. Hellboy in Love is a five-issue miniseries. <laughs> Today we're reading the first two issues, which make up the first chapter, Goblin Night. These issues were published in October and December John, are you talking about every night of my life? Every night of your night is Goblin, Goblin Night. Goblin Night. Written by Mignola and Christopher Golden, art by Matt Smith, and colors by Chris O'Halloran. This is the same team that did Hellboy Bones of Giants. The art is great. Yes. I'm loving it. We discussed Bones of Giants back on issue 166, or episode 166. Um, we've also seen Matt Smith's awesome work on Long Night at Golosky Station. Remember sure that one? I like that John. one a lot. Yeah. Um, so this series involves Anastasia, Anastasia Bronzefield. Is it Anastasia or Anastasia? I don't know. Which one do you like? I think that everybody's been calling her Anastasia. Okay, well, then that's what we'll do. Okay. All right. She's Hellboy's long-rumored girlfriend. She first appeared in the novel Hellboy the Lost Army, which we covered back on episodes 132 to 135. Do you remember when? a pile of bodies behind him. How many girlfriends does this guy have? Well, you know what? Um, There's a- one. uh, The wife in Mexico. Yes. A lot. And Alice. Yeah. 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 So um, it's funny that you said that because there's a great article that I looked at to kind of- um, prepare for this and I'll link in the show notes you should definitely go check it out it's by Mark Tweedell it's one of his Hell Notes articles and it's called Hell of a Love Life oh that's cute and it, it runs down everything that we're talking about here so that's great Mark Tweedell book club member yes thank you Mark mm-hmm. yeah so is this a typo Colors by Dave Stewart yeah I actually looked that up um, and I went back and checked <laughs> Wait, I, I wonder if maybe he just does the colors maybe on the trade cover but I don't think so uh, I think Chris O'Halloran does all the colors on this. Oh, no. They didn't even put his name in there or what? It's on the front. Oh, It's on the front, no. but on the inside it says Dave Stewart. So I was like. Oh, no. So, yeah, that was something that I was wondering about. That's no good. You know the individual issues, though, right? Yeah. I think on the individual issues it says Chris O'Halloran. Well, they need okay. to fix that so there you go. in the digital. Oh, another thing, and people might have already bought it, but Mark Tweedell said that you should wait till the next printing of this physical book. Okay. Because he said for some reason it printed and the colors are dark. Oh, I hate that. So he was like, I hope y'all are reading the digitals because the colors are kind of dark on the trade version. So he said, wait for the next print. I was like, thank you so much because I probably will pick this up. Right. Oh, Anastasia Bronchfield was also referenced in Ape Sapien the Drowning. Broom was like, Abe Sapien, you got to go do this mission because Hellboy is off and now I need you to go do it. Go retrieve this knife or whatever. (laughs) Anyway. Go get a knife. Go get a knife. I remember Broom being a little salty about the whole thing, too. Yes, he was. Hey, babe. A knife. A knife. No. (laughs) What was that from? That's a vine. I miss vines so much. And let me see what you have. A knife. No. I really like this trade cover. The pose is nice, you know, on the characters. Oh, yeah. It's really cool. And then um, as we get into the issue covers, the first cover that we see is the issue two cover. Cute, I love this goblin. Cute, cute. The goblin with the hat or the whatever. I really like, really like him. And uh, so each issue has kind of like this heart motif. I like when goblins have big, heavy, chunky forearms and hands. Yeah. It's and nice. That's cute. Um but the heart motif. So in this yeah, one, Yeah, the branches the, make a big heart. branches make it. And then when the you look at- The birds are coming after them. When you look at the issue one cover, the goblin's face kind of makes a heart in the background. I like how she has to have a specific hat or we won't know who she is. 
<laughs> well, um, you know what I mean. They made that a uh, part of her character in the Lost Army. That's what I'm that saying. They said that she had that that hat. She looks exactly like Ashley Strode. Oh yeah, she does kind of look like her. I'd be like, who is this? So we open July twenty seventh, nineteen seventy nine, the north of England. Here come the goblins. They're we, coming at you. I was going to say, we meet the stars of this comet. Coming to get you. These little goblin guys. They are the stars, and I, I love, love them. I love these goblin dudes. I love them. Um, and I love the whole, like, the pacing of all this is really nice. Yeah, it's good. I wonder how much Mignola informs the pacing on a page like this where there's not a lot of... Probably a lot. A, a lot of words, you know what I mean? Because I just love the way kind of focuses in on their face... And then that when they're landing on the top of the train and everything, and then with that one panel where they crash through. I like how this one woman's reaction to creatures, otherworldly creatures, <laughs> being like, leave us alone. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, you'd say that's that? That's so awesome. <laughs> Would you? No, leave us alone. Leave us alone? To These are monsters. <laughs> But they have little clothes on. They do have little clothes on. They do on. have little clothes on. Like, so take you, me with you. You might just think they're little guys. Let's get out of here. So the goblins go after Anastasia. They're trying to take her suitcase from her. But she's not afraid. She fights off the goblins. And she says her whole career is riding on what's in this case. And whoever goes after it next is getting their skull kicked in. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Mayhap, lady. But what of the one after that, the goblin with mm. the goggles ass? Okay. So I like this. Um, but I also like, um, she's not like the, oh my God, you know what I mean? No, like, she's when they're like, trying, yeah. fuck off. She's like, this is my shit here. You fuck can't take it. off. You know, you got the goblin with the beanie and you got the one with the goggles and then the one with like the- Well, again, you get good to differentiate these yeah, guys, it's right? it's really good. I like them. Yeah. I like how this guy comes up to Hellboy and he's like, uh, this seems like your deal. This seems like your kind of deal. Yeah. This seems like this would be your- you know, well, sort like of it. thing. I like that Hellboy's sitting at that table with those ladies uh, crocheting. Yes. It's not crocheting, uh, cross-stitching. Yeah. Cross-stitching. Is it, is, it, is it cross-stitching? It is. Oh, mm-hmm. like needlepoint. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's sitting with these grandmas, and he has a teacup in front of him. That's very cute. <laughs> very cute. I like to think that they're just talking and talking, and he's just falling asleep. Crap, Hellboy responds, and he goes into the train car. Unfortunately, now the goblins have taken the case from Anastasia. She's knocked to the ground when Hellboy approaches. Sorry I'm late. I was taking a nap, Hellboy says. That's like a classic. That's like a trunk. That's like a whole suitcase. Yeah, it is. Wow. I was supposed to be watching out for these guys. Your bosses at the British Museum called in a favor with the BPRD. Apparently, they've been stealing. Well, there all they kinds go. Of, yeah. <laughs> like, what are you explaining? Get, what's with the exposition? Yeah. Can we get, get a, Can we get after yeah, it? Yeah, like, it's really good. And then he goes into action mode. So she's British. Yeah, she's yeah. British. But she's a Yankees fan. Sure. So? I think they. So I guess she doesn't mind just buying championships. That's fine. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. I mean, you know. I think. Um, uh, I want to say there's a backstory to the cap in one of the books or something she's like British, that. She's British. I don't remember. Just remind me, yeah. she's British, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, but when Hellboy goes into action mode, there's like that color. He's in action I like mode. That when he's like, yeah, oh, yeah. You here know, he goes. Goes after it. Get after it. Um, the Matt Smith Hellboy. We've talked about this so many times, but yeah. God, he does a great job with so Hellboy. Good. He really so does. Good. The body language is so good. Absolutely. The body language is so good on like all the characters. Everything. All yeah. of it. It's very I mean, good. That's why I was so excited about this one. Yeah. He ends up chasing them out of the train and onto the roof of the vehicle. We also see Anastasia has made her way outside of the car and is climbing up to the roof. She and Hellboy confront the little guys, and the one with the cap goes to fight Hellboy. I like that moment. You gotta be kidding me, Hellboy says. That's hilarious. And then he just thwacks the goblin aside, 
And Anastasia follows his lead, which surprises the goblin guys. I like the one that was just like, I didn't expect her to be so violent. Did yeah. you expect her to be so violent? I didn't. I wasn't expecting this, actually. Oh, that is really good. It's a little bit off-putting, if I'm honest. <laughs> yeah, she's punching him out, too. Punched that goblin in the face. She really did. Um, but soon she's outnumbered, and the goblins go to throw her off the train. So... There's this moment Hellboy has to save Anastasia from getting thrown off the train, and then they have an argument about it, because if she had stayed put, he would have been able to go after after the goblins. But she says the case is her responsibility, and if he gets out of her way, then they can still get it. Stay out of your way, Hellboy ass. I'm trying to save your stuff. And how is that going, Anastasia ass? The goblins are jumping off the train. We get this moment where Hellboy jumps off. He does like a typical... Hellboy tumbling and crashing into he everything. Does. <laughs> it sucks. I like his spats though. Yeah, his there we feet. go. You know, I love mm-hmm. any any kind of, anytime I get to see the Hellboy's little little cloven hoovies, little hooves there. Anastasia says show off when he jumps off. She did a perfect <laughs> stunt roll. And then she has like this graceful leap off. Yeah. I love that where she catches the cap. I want to say that like that's even in one of the novels where something about her hat. Like something a, about the hat. Like an Indiana Jones moment yeah. or sure. something like that. Except you it's know a what I mean? stupid hat. <laughs> and not a cool hat. She says alley-oop. She sure does. They spell it right. Yeah, so this is borrowed from the French alley-hop, the cry of a circus acrobat about to leap. Yeah, they spelled it right. It means right. let's go. Let's go. When she says, right, let's move. Like all, the, like her expression there and everything, like all the body language is really nice in this. She's yeah. like, let's fucking go. There's some meat cute lines thrown in there okay she's like uh it's not a race between you and me handsome all right there you go we're after the goblins remember the pair come across some old sheep farmers who are watching a truck driving off it's like i've never seen one drive a truck <laughs> the farmers are yelling at these two dumb guys i like how those two guys look like they're like oh no they just maybe they've just never seen fucking goblins yeah. before i just think like the the expression on them is They funny. just look, yeah. like, upset to me. Why'd you let them steal the lorry? Then he sees Hellboy and it makes sense. The goblin stole his truck. He offers Anastasia and Hellboy to take his car if they bring both vehicles back. Anastasia promises to bring both the car and the truck back. I wouldn't promise that. I feel like they'll probably both be destroyed. Right. Well, that's the first thing Hellboy says once they get in the, in the car. He's like, uh, why yeah. did you do that? Why did you do that? <laughs> But I like this uh, on the road in the car moment. Yeah. This creates a lot of opportunities for there to be like more yeah, that's fun. flirtatious lines and stuff like that. It was also around this moment where I started to realize like this is a different kind of Hellboy comic. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, we have all the different flavors. You got the Lobster Johnson, you got the Witchfinder, Witch even like the Sarah Jewel, Sarah Jewel Mysteries. This series is kind of like a different flavor too. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's more what like a little- What flavor is it, John? It's like adventure- Blackberry Lemonade. Okay. Is that- <laughs> I was going to say, it's kind of like a like an adventure movie from like the 80s or something. Like yeah, that. yeah. Yeah. I like that you said that, Aubrey. It yeah. is kind of like that. Uh, well, and it's 79. It's taking place in 79 too, so that's perfect. Okay. Yeah. Well, and then like when he asked like like why'd you tell him why'd you promise to get the truck back and like her response is like never said we bring it back in one piece or the car for that matter. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> but what I like about this scene is that there's genuine excitement from Anastasia. Her expressions in the car are really great. She's excited to be going on an adventure. You're just someone in a train transporting artifacts, and then now you're in a car with Hellboy chasing goblins or something like that. You know what I mean? It would be That's fun. Pretty cool. That would yeah. be fun. Oh no! Watch out. <laughs> 
Yeah. And I knew. So, um, <laughs> no, but there's another line in here where she's like, oh, much better looking in person. And he's like, you must have hit your head jumping off that train. Mm. He kind of calls her on it a little bit. Yeah, but oh no. Whoa. A bunch of sheep. Aubrey, that's another That's another fun 80s yeah, moment it really for is. You. Oh, yeah. Just a goofy <laughs> scenario for no reason. There's a scene where he's like, you're something else, lady. And she says, I'm glad you noticed. I'm glad you seem to be having fun, Hellboy says, but can we just focus? Keep it professional. By all means, I do look forward to finding out what you're like when you're being unprofessional, she says. And Calm then... down. Jeez. <laughs> She's really fucking going for it as well. I'll make you a deal. If you try to drive a bit faster, I'll tell you why these particular artifacts are so important to me. And so he says, She's deal. She's a bit forward telling about artifacts and stuff. Ooh, <laughs> it's a artifacts. bit aggressive. Calm down. But I love the the pacing of this uh, of this whole page, and the look on Hellboy is really good. You know, he definitely is yeah. awkward about the whole thing. They talk right? about how she's so excited. She's a monster fucker. I mean, look at her. <laughs> that cap. I know. It's a telltale <laughs> sign. I'm telling you. So she asks Hellboy if he's heard of the Swaran Artia. Idiots in robes, lots of chanting and blood, Hellboy asks. Anastasia says there's the... The original ori- idiots in robes, yes. actually. <laughs> She's having trouble funding her research into some ancient Icelandic witch writings that they found. The writings are in languages that could not have been known at the time. Ancient Icelandic witch writings? That's some good quality witch writings. That is. That's going to be some some good good shit, yeah. Hellboy chimes in with a little fact about Austronesia. All right. And she's really impressed by that. Don't look at me like that. He says, I never liked studying, but that doesn't mean I didn't learn a few things. He's real down on himself, yeah. too. It's very like, she's she's like so into him, and he's just like, shut up. <laughs> uh, you, you, you must be stupid if you think I'm cool. Do you Man, know- just, that's enough of that. <laughs> like, can you just yeah, chill out? Just chill out. That's annoying. Do you know what Austronesia is? No. Well, I'll tell you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's the islands of the Central and South Pacific, including Indonesia, Melanesia, Micronesia, and Polynesia. I love it. Oh, you know. okay. I love it. Now you know. I love knowing And Hellboy that. knew that, too. Yeah, that's that's great. Anastasia's theory is that the Swaran Artin were a global society of occultists, and she believes the inscriptions on the ancient witch writings hold the key to it all. Magicians, occultists, and alchemists. There you go. Sounds, um, like, a, sounds like a fun group, John. It does. She believes this is also why the goblins were after it. Is that why the goblins are after it? Hmm. And then she's like, stop the car. She sees the truck. Oh, amazing. They go to check it out, but they find nothing. So Hellboy uses one of his little magical items. Nice, Don't nice. you like it when he takes out a little magical that, yeah. <laughs> I love that. This one is the ashes of Zaza. No, is that right? Yeah. Zaza Katsikis, a 16th century warlock who was incinerated by lightning while trying to steal magic from some witches. Cool. <laughs> When they throw the ashes in the air, they drift towards magic. So that's how that works. All right, that's pretty cool. Okay. But she's like, I don't even think we need that because they're going to a punk show. Well, I'm glad I used I know. my one use <laughs> item then. I like when he's like, great, fantastic. Yeah, great. <laughs> one thing that I know about Matt Smith is he's like a music lover. You know, he sure. commonly incorporates musical um, little Easter eggs into the comics. Right. And so this little flyer right here for this punk show, it says Ron Watts Presents. Ron Watts is best known for his involvement in the rise of the punk scene in 1976 and 77, promoting gigs at the famous Hag's Head venue in High Wycombe. 
In addition to the legendary 100 Club venue in Oxford Street, London, Watts showcased acts like The Jam, Susie and the Banshees, Generation X, The Police, Tom Robinson Band, Elvis Costello, and XTC in many cases before they had signed record deals. Wow. Awesome. So that's pretty cool. So the names of these bands, right? I think they're kind of like funny nods to real bands. Okay. These are none, none of these are real bands. Okay. But there is a band called UK Subs. Okay. Right? And this one's US Tanks. Okay. There's another band called The Adverts. And so this the one's called The Classifieds. And then obviously there's The Damned. So The Doomed. The Doomed. That's fun. <laughs> so th- That's I think great. that those are kind of like little That's punk super Easter eggs, you know what I mean, and stuff like that. That's so. excellent. I love this whole It also flyer. says all ages. Oh, yeah. That's nice. (laughs) Yeah, so I like the little Easter eggs there in the flyer. Absolutely, and I love everyone's homemade uh, jackets. Yeah. You can see they all all made their own jackets. I like this moment where they go into the show because the cops are there and they're like, oh, is there going to be some trouble here? Because they see Hellboy going in there. And then Anastasia, she leads him in there. You know, she grabs him by the hand and he's like, not quite sure, Constable, but I think we're about to find out. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like his expression changes there. Where he's kind of like, all right. I like how he's also open-minded, too. She's like, not a punk fan. And he's like, I keep an open mind. You know what I mean? So he doesn't say that he hates it, which I think is pretty cool. But he's like, yeah, I'll say this, though. place like this, just about anyone can blend in. Mm. Do you see an Easter egg in there? Who is in there? One of these goblins is hanging out with Lemmy. Oh, wow. <laughs> Look oh, at yeah. that. No, I did see that, yeah. He's having a great time. Yeah. He's got his arm around him. There's another one over here. There's one, two, three, four. They're all in the pit. Yeah, the goblins are hanging out in the pit. That's great. Um, this is another thing that I love about Matt Smith. I mean, obviously, he's been to these kind of shows. Sure. Because yeah. the way that he draws people dancing. There's a lot of movement, yeah. I feel like it's very expressive, and it's very genuine of what it's like to be you know, at a show like this. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, this bottom panel with this girl dancing at the bottom. On the bottom left. Like, I love that. I feel like that's uh, just right on the nose for what 100%. people are doing. 100%. Well, I was going to say the very top right of the page has a lot of really dynamic stuff yeah, happening. Yeah, yeah. Really cool. Yeah, it's fun stuff. I love all the crowd work in there. Yeah. The goblins are just hanging out in the punk show crowd. Hellboy spots one talking to the suspicious looking guy. Hey, Junior, Hellboy yells at the goblin. You've got something that doesn't belong to you. Oh, crap. Oh, crap. The goblin says, yeah. So I like that. The the goblin says crap. You yeah. know, it's usually yeah. Hellboy that it's says usually that. Hellboy that's it. saying it. So it's pretty good. And I think that was where issue one ended. John, I think you'll find that Hellboy is usually the one who says oh, that. Oh, so thank you. It's just a little, little reversal there for you. <laughs> I don't know if you caught that. So uh, going on to issue two, we're at the High Wycombe Town Hall. This is another reference to Ron Watts. This is where he used to promote these shows Aww. that were okay. going on here. So that's fun. They're also incorporating that. This is a public building located on Queen Victoria Road in High Wycombe, Buckinghamshire, England. The building is used as an events venue. Some notable acts, the Rolling Stones, The Who, and Joy Division played there. Wow. The music's thrashing, the party's raging, goblins are flirting with punk girls. Goblins, goblins will tear us up. (laughs) (laughs) So we pick up at the confrontation at the punk show. The suspicious-looking guy is named Chelsea, and the goblins tell him to relax. Hellboy's not going to be a problem. I think I've just been insulted, Hellboy says. And the goblin attacks Chelsea and then throws him at Hellboy. I like a move like that. That's a really, <laughs> that's really funny. Anastasia goes after the goblin. 
Hellboy's left with like that suspicious looking guy or mm. whatever, Chelsea, and he's like, uh, just another Aleister Crowley wannabe. Wow. And then he beats the guy, and then he punches him. Well, I was like, dang, dude. But I don't know. I also found it kind of funny. <laughs> and the goatee is ridiculous. <laughs> and the goatee is ridiculous, yes. Anastasia follows the goblins and ends up backstage. There's a little moment here. And I wonder if these guys are, like, from a band. Or, like, are they one of these bands? Or, you know I what know. I mean? Like, I wonder if he's drawing people there or something. But this little backstage moment I thought was kind of funny, too, because... Uh, she goes back there and they're like, help you love? And then Hellboy's right behind her. We're chasing a goblin. Uh, and they're both like, Chase, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was great. The expression hell. on their faces. Yeah. Like, uh, lovely, of course you are. Ugly little fellow. About four feet high? Yeah. Because <laughs> he was, the expression on his face when she came in, he's like, oh, hey. Yeah. What, what are you, yeah. <laughs> and then Hellboy shows up. He's like, whoa, chasing a goblin. He's like, all right. Okay. Yeah, he went that uh, way. It's... <laughs> It's good. So they all meet up outside the club. The one goblin that ran away is trying to break into a car, and the other goblins try to catch up to him, but they run into Hellboy and Anastasia. They yell out to the other goblin, Nigel, wait for us. Nigel. Nigel, Anastasia asks. Nigel, Hellboy <laughs> says. <laughs> that was really good. And Nigel gets away after hot wine or a car. So there you go. Wow. Goblins can do that, too. A great. They wear clothes. They go to punk shows. There you go. That's why that lady was like, leave us alone. Maybe she's seen him before, Maybe like hanging so. out at Maybe the grocery like, store or whatnot. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but Hellboy grabs one of these little guys. And there's some fun dialogue between uh, the three of them. He tells her that they have as much right to the artifacts as the, any museum. And she's like, that's not true. The museum will share my research and the artifacts with the world. You guys just want to make a profit. And he's like, oh, you want to argue the ethics of museums digging up other cultures, history, appropriation? Mm. <laughs> you're curiously, he's not wrong. You're curiously philosophical for a goblin, but you've lost your buyer. Your friends might as well give me back those artifacts. I thought all that was really fun. And he does the thing where he gives away the uh, yeah. the, where the location. The thing, yeah. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, we know where that is. And he's like, oh, that's not what I meant. Damn Aww. it. Or they slam the door on him. That's really good. <laughs> that was so good. The pacing of all these moments, I, I like the way the dialogue and the pacing are done. It's fun. Um, it really, like, it moves it really quickly. You don't realize how much there is to talk about it because you kind of fly through it. I feel like this second issue has a lot in it. It has a lot going on. Uh, that was pretty smooth. You're good. It's never hard to manipulate an arrogant man. Apparently goblins aren't much different. That's a common practice for you? Manipulation? It's a valuable skill, but with a nice guy, a good guy, I just let things happen naturally. Yeah? And how do you uh, tell the good guys from the bad guys? I know them when I see them. Grotesque. I may vomit. <laughs> <laughs> it's another great example of what you were talking about, Danielle. Is like, Hellboy, he's oblivious. Yeah. He, does, he Like, you, I don't know. I feel like he tries to play into it a little bit, but he still doesn't know what he's doing. Calm down. Yeah. They stop to try to get information out of the goblin. He says he'll tell them what they want if he lets them sit up front, because he's getting car sick. Aww. <laughs> And Hellboy's like, uh, we can do that, but don't screw around. I have friends at the Bureau for Paranormal Research and Defense who would love to spend a few years running tests on you. Jeez. So I was thinking about this, right? That's awful thing. What an awful thing to say yes. well, to somebody. It made me think about Abe Sapien versus science. Remember, there's that uh, yeah. flashback where they're experimenting on Abe and Hellboy has to go in there and get him out. And so I went back and looked in that. That's just a couple months prior to this story. 
It's also in 1979. It's like in March of 79. Oh, okay. And this is July of 79. So I don't think that's on, though. That's not on. You shouldn't, you shouldn't threaten somebody with torture. Well, I think that he's... But he also has seen experience with, you know, they were going to do that to Abe. Exactly. So and that's then, fucked up. And then he was what like, I'm saying. I'm he was wrong you. for that. Yeah. That's not okay. I'm, I'm not okay with that. I would have said something. I'd have been like, no, mate, that's not on. But I, I do love this panel where they're all crunched in the front. That is good. <laughs> it's really good. I like when he goes, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> that panel is amazing. I love that. It's very good. So much. So they head to Berkeley Castle. Berkeley Castle. And there's a wizard. This is a castle in the town of Berkeley, Gloucestershire, United Kingdom. The castle's origin date back to the 11th century. Yes, and there's a wizard there. Yeah, he looks like the wizard from uh, the tarot and also the one that Led Zeppelin used for their album. Okay, there you go. Uh, Led Zeppelin 4? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and this dialogue between them getting in there is just hilarious. Right. That's far enough. Uh, the the rest of our group's already uh, inside. They had an invitation with them. Nigel, Blue Cap. Didn't say no, Blue Cap. No, look, it, it's his name. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The password's <laughs> Hemlock. Only supposed to let one party in per invitation. But I guess it's all right just once. Won't happen again. We won't be back this way. <laughs> yeah, oh, that is funny. I mean... I was just cracking up when I was reading this. It this was guy so had good. one fucking job. I know. <laughs> and he was like, I guess it's fine. Well, what Actually. I was, what I was no. thinking is like, if they had said it wasn't fine, what are they going to do? He's an old wizard and you got Hellboy in there. I yeah. Mean, really, what are they going to do? Yeah. What's going to happen? Yeah. Wait, there's also no guarantee that he's a wizard. He could just be dressed like a wizard. Just be an old, old man. <laughs> an old man. Hellboy punch him in the face. Don't right? punch oh, him. No. Probably just, no. gen- no. just gently push him to the yeah, side, I guess. Gently push I mean, him to the side. At that point. But I guess there's more to talk about with that because as they head towards his entrance, something starts happening weird. You know, Hellboy gets a weird feeling. Okay. The goblin starts freaking out. So they, they were trying to get to Berkeley Castle and they are going to get there, but they don't get there right away. They get sidetracked into this thing. So did that wizard. Oh, yeah, that he did his job. What, did he did he, a yeah. big wizarding on them. Did he do a wizarding sure, on them? Sure, he did a big weirding way. But um, so I want to talk about this because there's these like standing stones. Uh huh. And whenever they show like the Fey world, yeah. Remember when Hellboy finds Excalibur? It kind of looks like this, yeah. Doesn't mm-hmm. it? You know what I mean? So they got kind of like pushed over there, yeah, or something to have this weird like side adventure. I like how the goblin immediately is like, "Turn around, yeah, now." But turn the, around immediately. The truck breaks down, so they're stuck there. Well, it's not just breaks down; it looks like it like decays. Right? Yeah, it's, it's oh, immediately right. like a wow. hundred years older than it actually is. The goblin says this is part of Delilah's security. Okay. So I was trying to look that up. I mean, obviously there are a lot of Samson and Delilah. That was the most significant uh, reference that I could find to that. I wonder if there's another reference. I think that might just be a name, or it might just be a name that they made up. There's a bunch of ominous blackbirds watching the trio, nice. and one of them is dressed like an old lady. All right. <laughs> Hellboy notices them, too, and he thinks they should get out of there. But Anastasia's entranced by these hummingbirds. They try to wrangle her, and the goblin says, You saw the hummingbirds. The queen's grave must be around here somewhere. It's our only chance. So, yeah, I was like, what is that, too? The hummingbird queen. I looked all these things up. I didn't really find references for them. So I think they're, like, in-universe things, maybe, with the fey world or whatever. Well, yeah, I like how she... This is interesting. That she actually notices that it's hypnotic and she goes, oh, that's yeah. not good. Yeah. Right. yeah. How many of us would have the wherewithal to notice something hypnotic occurring and being like, yeah. uh-oh, 
That's unusual. I like that idea too yeah. that the birds mm-hmm. would entrance you Absolutely. and you would, you know what I mean? Cuz like 100% a have faith Have you ever thing. looked at like a bird murmuration, you know, and yeah. stuff like that, you know what I mean? Like I could see how, you know, f- they could fly around. Mm-hmm. And the little um the drawings of all the birds are amazing really too. Good. Great animal work on this. I mm-hmm. love all the the grandma bird or whatever, Delilah or I don't know if that's the one that's dressed like an old lady. When it looks, it turns its head. Yeah. And that's how, that's how birds that's look. That's how birds look because their eyes are on the side of their yeah, face. They go like this. So they have to turn their head like that. So anyway, I think that that's really cool. That's great. Yeah, the art in this is fantastic. Yeah. So Anastasia agrees that this place is dangerous. I know. Hurry, Hellboy responds. I love this image as the huge horde of birds is all coming on to yeah, them. Yeah, it's good. It's pretty terrifying. I love it. But they stop. The goblin says it's because of sacred ground and starts leading them towards this tree. The goblin says it's not just a tree, it's the grave of the hummingbird queen, the last untainted ground in the place. And we also see what is actually holding the birds back is like a, it seems like it's a row of flowers. Yeah. It reminds me of when people make like a magic circle out of like sand or... Yeah, no, that's, well, it's not sand. It's salt. Okay, out of salt. Or flowers or whatever it is you're doing. Yeah, yeah. So can you do magic circles out of flowers You can do magic circles out of pretty much anything, I'm okay, sure. Yeah. If you, if you, you know. But how do you protect a magic circle of flowers when you have a bird that's wearing grandma boots? Well, I tell you, you what. kick the flowers aside. Yeah. She's pretty powerful. So they're able to get in. What is going on with this? Like, I was like, what is this grandma bird? Like, I felt like I should know more about this, but it just is cool. Yeah. It's just like a weird... Sometimes something Sometimes something is just cool, John. It's just cool and weird. Anastasia tries to alert the others that all the birds are continuing to approach, but the goblin is telling Hellboy they have to walk Wittershins around the tree three times. And she's just like, shut up. Yeah. Well, and he doesn't get to finish his sentence about what he was going to say is going to happen. Wittershins means counterclockwise, yes, let's just do this. Yes. A direction contrary to the sun's course considered as unlucky. Do you know what the opposite of Wittershins is? No. Sunwise. Oh. Or or they also say diacil. Mm, I like sunwise. Yeah, there that's you go. fun. So Hellboy starts fighting off the birds. Um, one thing that's interesting is Anastasia notices the hummingbirds are on their side. All right. So mm-hmm. they're fighting along with them. So the hummingbird queen, they're going around the tree. As they go Wittershins around the tree, the goblin trips and the birds are able to get him. Oh, no. Oh, they got Don't him. Don't get him. He's fine. They're going to take him to go have they're tea. They're going to have a tea party. Yeah. yeah. As they go around the third time, I like that color effect. Yeah. Like they're yeah. starting to it's go cool. back into the real world. And again, we get that last she's panel. She's looking. Where she's looking when ha- when it says we're okay. Mm. Yeah, she's looking right she there. Is. She's, she's turning her head to look. I love that, man. God, That's great. It's really you nice. You notice the bird behavior. Mm-hmm. It's a good touch. The pair finally end up at Berkeley Castle. They feel bad about what happened to the goblin guy. And inside Berkeley Castle, there's this auction happening. And this kind of made me think of Hellboy, the Golden Army, right? Mm-hmm. In the beginning of that movie, they're auctioning oh, off yeah. like all this like magical stuff or whatever. That's kind of what's happening here. And the auctioneer guy, uh, can you do an auctioneer? Can you do that? Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah no i can't do that no absolutely not i can't do that people are really good at that 
when they do that. I'm tired of it, not 10 down, 15, all of I'm better down, bird on 15, I'm better down, bird on 15, 20, I'm better down, bird on 15. This guy, like, I was like, is he, he's, is he just an old guy or he looks weird, No, right? he's fucked up. Yeah, he's, he's like weird, right? Wise, no, right? yeah, he's all fucked up for sure. So one of the things that he says here, and maybe some book club members can help me with this. I was going to look it up before we started recording and I forgot. The one thing that he's auctioning off, he says, a wireless radio built by Marconi said to have driven Marconi's nephew mad with messages from the dead. Isn't that from a story? I and, do um, vaguely remember a story. You're asking the wrong person. I think it was like Silver Lantern Club or something like that. They referenced Marconi and they were trying to find something. And instead of, you know, a telephone or whatever it was supposed to do, it was like channeling dead people or something like that. Yeah. Um, oh, I know I, I know that wherever it appeared, it was drawn by Christopher Mitten, I think. So it was either that or like Rise of the Black Flame or something like that. Anyway, I feel like this is a reference to something. Book club members, let me know. Drew Campbell, you're my only hope. <laughs> so we get Anastasia and Hellboy walking up. And then when we see them again, Hellboy's like, hope I didn't hit him too hard. He look okay to you. So he punched out this guy too, right? Yep. This old dude. <laughs> He's punching a lot of people. He's punching a lot of people in this Calm one. Calm down. So they head into the auction. Did you spot an Easter egg in here, Danielle, on that bottom panel? Boy, did I. No. It's uh, Nadja. Oh, Laz- it is. Oh, it's Laszlo. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's Laszlo and Nadja. From what we do in the wow. panels. They're in there. <laughs> you see them in there. Oh, wow. It is them. They're in the auction. Man. I feel like there's probably some more in here that I don't know. That's great. There's a dog. Mm-hmm. Where is, why is a dog sitting in one of the chairs? Is there a dog sitting in the chair? Oh, wow. Look at that. Yeah. So Anastasia immediately starts in on the bidding. She starts outbidding these other couple. They look like somebody, too, with the mm. weird sunglasses. Right? It's a thruple. I feel like that's a superstar and her two security guard boys. Oh, is that what that is? Or they're a thruple. They, they, that's also possible. It's they, the late 70s, early 80s. I mean, they, they, they kind of look like... Um... What people in the in America thought Europeans looked like in the eighties. Okay, I thought <laughs> right. I got like some um, they live vibes, like Rowdy Piper vibes from this mm-hmm. guy. No, where he says one hundred and twenty thousand pounds. Doesn't he, right? Doesn't he kind of look like him right there? Maybe. Kind of does. I don't know. Yeah, but this is when I noticed that the auctioneer guy is like a creepy, weird. Yeah, he's a fucked up something. Yeah, he's a ghoul. I feel. I would categorize him as a ghoul. Uh, but basically, Anastasia keeps outbidding them. And she says, these items are the property of the British Museum. They were recently stolen. I'm authorized to bid whatever is necessary to assure their return, and I intend to do so. I like how she's so annoyed. She's like, yeah. oh, come on. All right. But when she makes that comment, the dog is like, hmm? You see the, the yeah. dog is looking? Also, uh, Nadja and Laszlo are there, too. That's yeah. funny. Oh, but this guy, he also mentions the people in the sunglasses are the Obsidian Dance. Oh. That's the name of their group. So there's like another one. You know, she's talking about the Swaran art, and these are some other guys. So the Obsidian Dance, I believe that's a reference to Hellboy the Dragon Pool, which okay. was one of the novels. And it was a novel where Anastasia Bronzefield was in there, right? She was also in that novel, too. I forgot to mention that. So the, the Hellboy the Dragon Pool was a novel where Anastasia Bronzefield appeared, and they also mentioned Hellboy going to a punk show and finding goblins and stuff like that. So this comic kind of like takes that basic idea and turns it into a whole story, you know, which is kind of interesting. Yeah. Well, that's cool. So I feel like um, they kind of revised it a little bit. I was talking to Mark Tweedell a lot. Thanks, Mark, for 
all the background information on that. So finally, Anastasia wins the auction. And afterwards, Hellboy's like, uh, that was actually fun. I kind of feel like James Bond. She goes, maybe we should go to Monte Carlo next, play Baccarat, drink champagne, save the world. Um, so I actually had to look this up. So that's from Never Say Never Again, but that didn't come out till 83, which is after oh, well, well, Never Say Never Again is a remake of Thunderball. But in Thunderball, I don't think they went to Monte Carlo, but in the book they did. The fuck are you nerds talking about? And the book came out in 65, so maybe she read the book. Probably. Maybe. So anyway, James Bond stuff. All right. Okay. I had to look that up. Okay. But I don't know if they went to Monte Carlo and Thunderball. I cannot remember. I think I only saw that movie once. Yeah. So anyway, there you go. Let us know, James Bond fans. Let us know about your Thunderballs. Oh, so we skipped a scene. So the goblins get like bitched out with by this guy that lost the auction. He's like, oh, you all are going to suffer. So then they try one last time to steal it again. But uh, before they can chase after him. She is fed up. Yeah. Before they can chase after him, he turns to stone or whatever. He gets wrapped up by this snake or yeah, what happens? Well, I don't even know if it's stone because there's flowers growing out of him. He's a topiary or something. Right, <laughs> yeah. Like, and the guy's like not even fussed. He's like. Because she's going after him. She's right. like, right, I've had enough of this. I've had enough of you lot. You want to keep this up? And the guy's like, there's no need for that, I assure you. This auction house takes its security and its transactions quite seriously, oh, as you can see. Blackmore so auctions. Blackmore, I want to say that's a reference, too. I should look that up. So it's a security measure. Yeah. I like that it's like the John Wickiverse. Oh, okay. Where, yeah, like, they yeah. have a big weird hotel with its own rules and shit. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of magic, and you're not really sure what's going on. It's like that. I love that. And then this last panel where she's like, oh, well, I'm very glad that you do. You never know what kind of riffraff will find its way in otherwise. There's, like, a weird yeah. creepy lady. Yeah. What is that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm loving it, John. Who is that? I'm loving it, John. It is like a what we do in the shadows. It's like all that when they have a big vampire party oh yeah and a bunch of fucking fucked up freaks show up just a bunch of absolute freaks (laughs) yes show up and you're like oh that's so and so she's like and i mean you know what i mean and nadja and laszlo have been around forever yes you know so they would they would be there exactly they would be in england in 1979 they'd be like don't talk to her i'm very pissed off at her You know, or whatever kind of beef they have with these other creatures that are going on there. That would be yeah, fucking hilarious scene where they're all running into each other like, oh, it's been a century. Wow, <laughs> you look great. You know, shit like that. I yeah. love that shit. Read this last page. Okay. I'll say this much. You shouldn't have had to show a girl a good time. Are you kidding? You know how many times you could have gotten yourself killed since we met on that train? But here I am, alive and well, bringing him the prize. There is that, I guess. A big boost to your research, and your bosses at the museum will be happy to have those artifacts delivered safely. I wasn't talking about the artifacts. Is this okay? Yeah, it's better than okay. I like how she's like, are you all right, yeah. dude? <laughs> like, Have you ever held someone's hand before? But that's, again, the facial expressions. Like, Hellboy, like... I don't know. He's got kind of a weird face. You know what I mean? And, and I Well, think she that, is a monster fucker. And I, but I think Matt Smith gets a lot of nuance out of his face, you know? And yeah, but I he's really... like not prepared for this yeah. at all, <laughs> even though she's been absolutely yeah. just... What's the word I'm looking for? On the prowl. No, like... <laughs> like She's been flirting with him hardcore since the beginning of the comic. Yeah. There's a word I can't think of. Cryptophilia? Is that a thing? <laughs> no, I just mean that she's been, you know, like, 
<laughs> very persistent. There you go. Yeah. She has been extremely persistent. And he's been the whole time like, well, I'm not so great. Whoa. And it's like, bro. Yeah. Like, chill. Like, she's down. She's so down. She's so incredibly down. Just like, you don't really have to do anything. Yeah. Relax. But so, he's, is he, he's so thrown off. Like, what? It's 79. Has he had a girlfriend at this point? There are a couple stories from the books that are considered canon, and okay. we've read and we've read them. Yeah. And when he was young Hellboy, What's there the timeline was timeline on this. When he was young Hellboy, there was this little girl named Jenny. Remember that he had like a little adventure That's with too little though. I'm not yeah. talking about that. I'm talking about so romantic. The, so then this would be the first. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mexico was in the fifties. Okay. Oh wait, yeah, yeah, that was in the fifties. Yeah, but You're he was right. incredibly fucked up. He, he was well, drunk he, the entire time. So yeah. his dog had just died. What are yeah. you gonna do? No, I'm not saying. <laughs> I'm just saying he was incredibly fucked up. That's all I'm saying. Whom's amongst us hasn't yeah. gotten into a big otherworldly wrestling match and then got married? Yeah, <laughs> but I'm just saying it he seems all the time. extremely timid here compared to that. Yeah, yeah. So what happened to this man? Is all I'm saying. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, he's probably. Just not used to it. I mean, he, yeah, I think he's thrown just, off by it. He's probably like, because you know, he he's, he's never really like touch starved, and he's just like not just the first no thing, companionship whatsoever. The first thing he said is uh, when she tries started flirting with him is he was like, "Did you hit your head or something?" Yeah, like, it just doesn't make sense That's to what I'm him. Saying. Yeah, he's like, "How could anybody?" You know, I mean, for all the stuff uh, that's not comic accurate in the first Hellboy movie. I do love that scene where he's like, Ron Perlman just, God, he's got this great performance where he's with uh, Selma Blair as Liz, and he's like, um, I wish I could do something about this. Oh, yeah, that's a really yeah. good performance. You know, and it's like, I know that that's not comic canon, but I think no, that it's very if, you, if, if, you looked like, if you looked like Hellboy, you might think that. You might yeah. think like, why would anybody want this? Yeah. You yeah. know what sure. I mean? I look like a monkey with, with shaved off horns. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, that's kind of what it made me think of, sure. you know, a little bit. To him, it's just like, what? No, right. you know, why would anybody want that? But hey. Listen, different they're... strokes for different <laughs> folks, all right? So, you know, this is one of the characters that has been in the lore for a while, but never actually been in the comic. So, you know, now they've put this character in the comic. What, what do you guys think? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's, no, a, I'm she's in... a pistol, man. Yeah. She's a real... I mean, uh, yeah, we we've seen her in um in the books that we've read before, yeah. but uh, yeah, this is actually fun to see her in the comic. She's book a real too. firebrand. Yeah, I really enjoyed this. This was so much fun. She's ready to just beat the shit out of anyone and anything. Like I was saying earlier, it is kind of a different feel for a Hellboy comic. You know what I mean? But I liked it. You know, it it was more like I, I like the way you described it, Aubrey, as like an eighties, yeah, an eighties um, adventure adventure movie, movie or something yeah. like that. You know, I think that that like I was thinking like Indiana Jones or something like that too. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. This is actually something I forgot to mention at the very beginning. Um, you know how she's like listening to headphones on the train at the very beginning? Yes. The first Walkman came out in 1979, so she's most likely only listening to one she's of the first. She's an early adopter. Yeah. Oh, wow. What is she listening to there? We should, have, we should have thought about that. She's British, right? Yeah. What are some British hits from 1979? I'm going to look this up. The Cure did some stuff. The Bee Gees, The Village People, Barbara Streisand, and Neil Diamond. What are you looking at? The Cure released their debut album in May of 1979. Oh, oh, wait. Oh, yeah, it's no, The I was, Cure. I was looking at the wrong year. Hold on, wait. It's July <laughs> of 1979, right? Uh-huh. Also, okay. May, June, July. Bam, there you go. It's The Cure. I already said it. Too late. Or David Bowie. 
Or David Bowie. Yeah. It could have been Bowie. It could have been mm-hmm. Bowie. Absolutely, it could have been Bowie. It could have been ABBA. Yeah. It could have been. <laughs> How about some Earth, Wind, and Fire? Great. Those are all great. These are much better selections than you were saying last time. All right. Let us know what song you think that she's listening to on the train scene. I'm excited to hear what you guys thought of this episode. Keep the feedback coming. And now Aubrey's going to say all the things. All right, everybody. Hellboy in love. Finally get to see Anastasia Bronzefield in comic form. What did you think? Did you have as much fun with it as we did? Send us a hey, you damn guys at hellboybookhub at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook at Hellboy Book Club Podcast and on Instagram and Twitter at Hellboy Book Club. You can also find all of our resources on our Podbean website, our Facebook About section, and our link trees on Instagram and Twitter. As always, a special thank you to uh, Paul from Wetterharm for the listener feedback theme. Thank you, Paul. Oh, and thank you, Julio, for the intro this time around. Yes. And I always want to thank you, Andrew, uh, for that Witchfinder theme. Witchfinder. Witchfinder. There it is again. And uh, thank you, uh, Only Beast, for the for the main theme. Yeah, I'll do the You're main welcome. theme. You're welcome. Yes, yes. You definitely check out their new album. It is so good. Thank you. You can find the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. And when you're there, open it up and give us that five-star review. Every little bit helps. And if you're enjoying what you're hearing, tell a friend. Have them join the book club. Everybody wants to be a book club member. Do it. Next week, we're heading back over to the book club member comics. We're going to be reading Klaus issues five through seven. So you guys know what to do. Pull out them trades, omnis, digitals, and join us next week at book club member comics. And we'll be back next month to finish Hellboy in Love. So you guys know what to do. I told you a moment ago. <laughs> this is a test. Tell me. Yeah. Um, you, tell, you tell us. You tell us what you're supposed to do. Yeah. No. Thanks for listening, everybody. I'm John Salinas. I'm a goblin running amok on a train. And I'm Aubrey Lovelace saying, those aren't ordinary hummingbirds. Ooh. Ooh.